Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to another episode of the She Ventures Now podcast. I am your host, Gail Nicole, and I'm also the founder of SheVenturesNow.com, where I encourage millennial women to make quantum leaps in personal change. Listen here on today. Today's episode, I have the pleasure of interviewing Jerisha Hawk of jerishahawk.com. She is an income strategist like no other. I love her enthusiasm. I love her zest. I love her appeal. She's amazing. And I know, I know. See, see, this interview got me doing descendos and stuff in the intro. That's how fun and excited I am uh, to share this interview with you. Uh, I think that success does leave clues and Jerisha is an example of making quantum leaps in not only starting a business, but helping other women to start businesses as well. Um, I believe that she is uh, just a really great example of women's empowerment, and I'm just such a fan. So tune in, take notes, and holla at you, girl, with uh, anything that stands out to you. Bye. Welcome, Jerisha. How are you? Super good. I'm doing well today. How are you? I'm doing really, really well. You are my last interview for today, and I can't tell you how excited I am to be record to be interviewing you. I've been following you for some time, and I love what you're about. I love your brand. I love how transparent you are. We were talking about this before I hit record. And what I would love for you to do is just kind of introduce yourself so some of my listeners can understand what you do, who you are, and what you're about. Absolutely. Well, first and foremost, just thank you so much for even like identifying me as somebody who thought would be a good fit for your audience and inviting me here today. I'm really, really excited to be here. Mm-hmm. Um, but for those who are new to me, my name is Jerisha Hawk. I am an income strategist and I help women who work in nine to five build their own businesses on the side. Um, so I'm a full-time pipeline engineer in the state of Michigan. I work in natural gas and manage, you know, four or $500 million pipeline projects. And then I've been able to leverage strategies that I've learned in corporate and then some of my own entrepreneurial experience from my background and package that in a really cool way to help other women discover their purpose and passion and figure out how to package that and make profit off of it. Um, So that's just like a really quick little synopsis on what I'm all about. Yeah. So, you know, I guess unpacking that just a little bit, tell us about when you started uh, the Goal Getter Group and your business. You know what's what what's the age of your business, so to speak? Oh, well, it's still I feel like it's, it's still in the infancy years. Um, I started playing around with the idea of the business last year in January. Uh-huh. It's May now, so technically, I would say from when the idea of some sort of group started was in January, February. Um, I got really serious about it in October. Yeah, and then you know we're here in May now, and it's been amazing how rapidly things have evolved and grown and just I'm loving the ride so it's it's somewhere between like a year year and a half ish yeah yeah and it's kind of funny too I almost feel like business years are like dog years because you can grow you can you can grow so fast you can scale so quickly especially with the use of technology at our disposal and the Absolutely. technology has improved so much to where you just don't have to do business the way, you know, back in the, I want to say like the Flintstone <laughs> days of doing business. Like you don't have to think of it like that anymore, you know? That's so, very, very- 
So how about this? I would love for you to tell us and, and just kind of share with the audience. I've told you this before we started and hit the record button, but I want to let the podcast space, this podcast be sort of like a behind the entrepreneur, you know, back in the VH1 days. Why don't you tell us sort of what triggered you to feel like, okay, I am an engineer. I do have a successful, fulfilling career in that, but I want to go ahead and start my own thing. Like unveil to us, like what was going on in your life for you to feel like I need, there's, there's something else I got to be doing. Yeah. So I'll back up to in college, even when I switched into engineering, if you don't mind, because it starts there really. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so I grew up without my parents. My mom left when I was two. I yeah. left my dad in middle school. My grandmother not raised me. Um, and wow. I've always had a passion for like STEM and like, well, that's, I always had a passion for like being creative. I've always been entrepreneurial. Wow. I got in- the stem in um high school i'm not sure if you guys ever played the computer game the sims yeah yeah so i used to get out over that um you know <laughs> i didn't like, get out over it but i remember oh i love the sims so i would um you know how women like plan their weddings typically yeah like i had i have my house designed like wow. are done that was my thing and i would build houses for my sims and that would just that was my thing um so in high school i got introduced to like engineering and architecture Mm-hmm. quite honestly I never thought I was smart enough to be an engineer stuck with architecture I love the creative element went to college um but my my aunt and grandmother raised me my aunt passed away my sophomore year of college wow. and I a lot of family responsibilities additional family responsibilities got added to my shoulders so I switched into engineering knowing that I knew I, I was I could get through it you know yeah. I mean I did a couple years in architecture I was always really good at math um, but it was more of like a mental thing that I didn't think I was smart enough to be an engineer. Yeah. But life happened and it was like, I need to be able to graduate, make good money, get a job and it not be like crazy hard to do. Yeah. Um, especially back then. So um, that's really when like the hot puzzle started. Yeah. And I love I- that you have like a brand <laughs> hashtag for your hustle. Yes, I think we should. Like, no, I, I, I love awesome. it. Not everyone is blessed to have the alliteration that you have. <laughs> you know, it's just so cool. Yes, the hot oh. So I came back home, switched to engineering. I started like hustling like crazy. I started doing modeling, doing auto shows for Chrysler. I read about this. Yeah, it was just like you know, life was good. But then, um, got into entrepreneurship my senior year of school because my financial aid ran out. Oh and wow. Yeah, I didn't know that that was like a thing. I, I was not educated on financial aid has like limits. Um, so I got this lovely email saying that, hey, if you don't come up with 12 grand, you're not going to be able to graduate at the end of the year. That's when I started my first business. And I started like online women's clothing business. I sold clothes and shoes and all that fun stuff. Um, long story short, kept the business for 14 months, made 50 grand, like closed shop. I closed shop like the month before I started full time at my job. You know, we made it through. Um, but so many women were coming to me like, how in the world did you, h- how did you just start a business and just start making money while you were getting your degree, while you were traveling the country, while, you know, you were doing all these things. And so many women were coming to me with these how-tos. It kind of organically grew into yeah. a consulting. Um, but the other aspect was being a, a black female engineer, I'm in a 1% in the country. Yeah. And I don't know why I thought when I got to corporate, it would just be different. <laughs> um, yeah. It was super naive of me, but I walked into corporate and nobody looked like me. And I looked up, you know, I, I'm very uh, like ambitious and have aspirations. 
of achieving all these things. And I looked up my chain of command and again, nobody looks like me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that fueled a whole nother, like that, that sparked a whole nother fire. Cause it's like, why is there such a lack of representation of women particularly, but even more particularly women of color in these higher level leadership roles where they, they, they're in positions of power. And why do I see so many women not comfortable even having a seat at the table, let alone being comfortable enough to have a voice at that table. Right. So those two things merge is really how the goal getter group um, like has been able to flourish and really how it got started because it was like, how can I, I just felt this innate sense of responsibility just for my life. Like when I'm gone and dead, I want my legacy to be known for increasing the representation of women, but particularly women of color in higher level leadership roles. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of like the long not even a long story short, that's just a long story for how it kind of got to this space. I just want to see more women who look like me yeah, being completely authentic in their truth and being completely comfortable having a seat at the table, but having a voice there making decisions and being a leader in whatever environment that is, you know, being you know at home in their family life, you know, in their corporate and in the boardroom, or if that's in their business. Right. So it kind of just organically evolved and morphed. Um, and mm. I've just been running with it ever since you have been but you know, so for the sake of just your goal getter group and that brand because it just started last year first off i feel like there is a thread to every entrepreneur story of something that happened in their family something that happened you know maybe in college years too so i love that you told and unpacked that story to us because it's i just love hearing stories but <laughs> what was the tripwire last january to say you know what, i gotta do this now and especially the way you, and, and what you're about like um how come it wasn't just this is me thinking about your story like yeah i don't think it was earlier i'm trying to think like there was never like just this this one moment it was just these small moments of these smaller experiences that kind of right. built up and it was just like you pulled the trigger and you were like you, this is what i'm, I'm doing it Boom. yeah and it's just i i don't know like I, i'd say about a year ago um i was a year and a half into my career a yeah. year and a half ago and I was, I was in the, I'm in this rotational program or was every six oh, okay. months jobs. So after the rotational program was over, was about the time when I got this up and going and started. But I think it was, I mean, I'm thinking about that time back then. I, I had these really elaborate career plans, like the, my 11 by 17 sheet. It goes out <laughs> for like 15 years. Like I'm really big on strategy and like long-term planning. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I always, these are like my long-term goals. I want to be like a White House liaison for women's empowerment initiatives. I want to sit on a corporate board of directors because there's like no black women. There's like a handful. Mm -hmm. Um, And I always wanted to be like a VP or a CEO of a Fortune 500 company. And I think in that, during that same time span, I was mapping out my career and just really trying to envision what do I want for myself and thinking about why I want it. Yeah. And I wanted it for the title or for the money, but I just, I wanted to get there because I wanted to take on the responsibility and the hardship of carving out that path. So I could document that path. So when the next curly hair black girl walks in the door, it's like, girlfriend, Ooh, this here, is what you want? Yeah. here you go. So, and I think that's kind of doing that brainstorming, that long-term, like, what do I want? Why do I want it? I don't know. I think just that morphed. Um, it's like, okay, what can I do right now to start, documenting the process love it i love so I, it i, I, I never asked that question i'm about really to good. be that black girl doing a church dance 
Yes! <laughs> like, I'm about to pop my neck and bust out of the beautiful spiritual dance. Like, y'all ain't... Anyways, let me be more professional. <laughs> I like no, it. That out. is so good. That spoke to me so much. I'm going to have to go journal about that later. Um, so let's jump to some juicy stuff, right? Like, again, this is behind the entrepreneur, Drisha Hawk. Yeah. What would you say has been so far in your journey, one of your best failure moments? And that's an intentional oxymoron, right? Like your best failure moment. It taught you something. It made you realize something else about yourself or, or about how you're going about your business. Yeah. So one, I never, look, I never look, try to look at anything as a failure. Okay. Um, we like to look at it like it's, it's just a lesson learned. It's an opportunity for growth. I, there's one moment that sticks out because I remember when I first got started, I had these small group coaching programs and I was not charging. I was, I'm like embarrassed about how much it cost. I was giving away people, Girl, my me soul too. getters. Me too. They got away with highway and murder back then. Um, but I remember trying to triple my prices and nobody bought it. And I was like devastated. Cause I'm like, I'm already undercharging. Cause I'm like, the, I'm an engineer. I'm like, I needed, I wanted all this validation from data to prove that what I was doing was actually effective before I actually started charging more. And I needed yeah. to see the numbers. And I remember doing a, um, two cycles of my small group program. And I tried to do a third one and I tried yeah. to triple the price when I did the third one and it just royally failed. And nobody signed up. People were like, it's too expensive. It was like $300. Like it was <laughs> 350 and I you know it failed and I felt like I mean I will say it felt it just felt devastating yeah um, but then I look back on it now if that moment would not have happened because that happened it started making me analyze okay one what is my branding and my messaging saying about yeah. what is my price is actually saying about my business and what I offer how am I communicating to my audience to make to draw these type of people in who think $300 is too expensive. Clearly I'm making an ideal product for a non-ideal client. Right. He needs to shift. Yeah. And it made me completely reevaluate my business model, how I was going to be serving my clients. So I'm so thankful to any woman who may be, have been following my tribe, who's listening, who did not buy. Thank you. Because yeah. I look back now, like, you know, that and it's, you know, I have packages now that are three and $6,000 and women don't bat an eye. Like women will sign up two months before the program even starts now. Wow. So it's amazing that she, so I would say that's probably the one that sticks out the most. The one that really, that was like my first like test in entrepreneurship. Like, can you handle the ups and downs and the struggle? Yeah. I passed, but that yeah. was, was, I remember being devastated to buy it. <laughs> no, I understand. And I completely can relate to underpricing yourself because you're still figuring out your value and you're still yeah. figuring out how you want to offer value to your mm -hmm. client. So it's, it's funny because I think sometimes we have to convert ourselves into our own believers of ourselves. Like, yes. like wait, I'm not like, I'm worth this now. Like, I'm good. I, you got this girlfriend. Okay. <laughs> so I think it's because we have our own money stories and our own, I, mm -hmm. so much of entrepreneurship. I mean, learning the strategy is like 20% of the thing. Yeah. 80% is your mindset and your own beliefs and totally believe that working through that junk and yeah. not bringing that into your business. Yeah. I found too, like in my own life and thought patterns, and I'm already segueing into the next question. Like for me, entrepreneurship is probably the best path of personal development. That's my opinion. Okay. Because you, you go through so many evolutions about like how to navigate your mindset about like yourself, confidence, money, 
faith, you know, dealing with adversity, mm -hmm. it just proves it refines you in, in such a way that I don't think anything else does. I mean, I think, I mean, I'm sure there are other things I shouldn't say that, but I feel like personal development is such a huge component of starting a business that it's, mm -hmm. if you fail in the mindset, you, you fail in your business, yeah. you know? That's so true. Completely agree with you on that. Yeah. With you, what would be some other mini aha moments that you've had so far? And it doesn't have to be as, you know, thought provoking as like your price points or just little things you've had to journal about because it was like, oh, you know, like, oh, aha. Like I, I that's something new. <laughs> I would, um, well, another money one was just investing. Like really? when I hired my first business coach, I thought, she was $3,500. And I'm like, what in the world is this woman going to teach me? I, I thought I was, I thought that was insane to invest back then. I didn't think about it as investing. I mean, I thought about it like I'm paying this woman cost consumer. Yeah. Good God. Um, but that whole mindset is just realizing that it's important for you to not only invest your time, but it is important for you to invest your money because your time is so sacred. Yeah. Um, after you've done your due diligence, I, that was another aha moment. I'm really glad that experience was good for me and it was just a good fit. I really had a clear understanding of what I was trying to get out of that coaching relationship. So it helped me figure out and find somebody who was a good fit. Um, but like investing for the first time in my business was a huge aha moment and just realizing that there's no millionaire out there who got there off of some, you know, $19 product. Right. You like, know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and finishing some workbook, but that was a, a huge mindset evolution for me that I'm glad happened early on in my business and not waiting until yeah. you know, I've exhausted numerous years. Um, but I think another one is just my relationship with God has grown like crazy. Really? In tears. It. It's just, I mean, I've always been very spiritual. Um, I was raised Catholic, but it never really like clicked for me, but I was always been very spiritual. And I've, I've two years ago, well, a year and a half ago when I started my business, I think, which is very ironic, the same month I started was the month I found my church home. And cause I had been searching for finding this church that really felt like home for me. And it, like, I got the message and I vibe with the people and I just, yeah bouncing around and nothing ever fit um and the same month i started i mean i found the church and then maybe like two weeks later is when i got started on this venture and just the evolution of my faith and my relationship with god and my spirituality like how much that has evolved and grown and i really do believe like just for the two to happen at the same time and packaged at the same yeah. time like it's been the, i don't have words for it like i just think this is just what like I don't have words for it. Like it's just love and yeah. purpose and just like divineness. Yeah. Like I feel like holy water is sprinkling around me at all times and just like angel rays are just like shooting out of me. Like I feel like a cup that's overflowing with water. That's good. It's just, it's just you know, I'm crying half the time because it just, I feel so blessed and just so grateful and God's grace is so amazing. So I think that's, I thought that was a really unique aha for me. Like I never thought people, some people, somebody mentioned this to me before. Like most people find God or find spirituality in their moments of darkness or like right. after a tragic moment. And I think it's really interesting that my relationship with God has really grown and strengthened. Like when you were doing I, well. Yeah. And as the, the better I do, it's like the better and bigger my relationship with God is. And it's, it almost feels like I feel guilty. Like, am I supposed to feel this happy? <laughs> what if you are? 
<laughs> and it's just like we've been sold a dream if we're not. So many people aren't. And it just yeah. feels I'm really trying to just be open to embracing that and be open to receiving that invitation that yeah, this is life. And like I think this is really what most of us should be experiencing and a lot of us aren't. So it's yeah. like how can I go help other people like find this joy and happiness that I'm experiencing? Because it's like it's priceless. It's like nothing else. Amen. That makes me well, yeah, that's what I got. <laughs> Amen. No, but seriously, that actually reminded me of a quote that I heard. So funny, like I remember being 17, hearing this quote, and it stuck with me throughout my life that um, we will never know the extent of the joy and happiness we're to we're to experience in God if we're not even open to the brokenness that sometimes life brings our way that God allows. I'm not saying God brings it, but God allows it. And so it just opened my mind from a young age. And even hearing you say that and just hearing a little bit of your journey in the beginning of, you know, loss and, you know, your parents not being around that it's so full circle, like, like, amen to you receiving blessings and the favor and the joy and the success in your journey, because I feel like you can treasure it a lot more than some people who've only seen, seen, you know what I mean? Like some people who are blocked off from, or they like, uh, let me not preach, but you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) yeah, we going into something else now, but you know what I mean? Like sometimes we can block ourselves off or avoid hurt, pain, adversity, or block it. Um, and not speak on it, but then we always want to be open to happiness, joy, ecstasy feelings, you know? So I think it's, it's cool to see this in you, um, oh, thank you, even though we don't know each other, but I mean, like, it's really, I, feel like I know you now, we know each other now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that's beautiful. That's really beautiful. Jerisha, as an expert in starting a side hustle, I would love for you to talk about the one thing that you think makes or breaks a novice entrepreneur. What would you say that is? Oh gosh, lack of patience. Really? Unpack that just a little bit. Yes, I think it's lack of patience. I think um, being in the world that we live in now, and millennials get a really bad rap for this, but I don't think it's just millennials. I think it's just the world that we live in. We have so much access to instant gratification. Yes. Like if I want food delivered to me, I just go on an app and get it delivered. If I want to get a car to pick me up, I just go on an app and three minutes, a car shows up. I think sometimes when we get into this world of building a business, or getting into like the journey of entrepreneurship, people have the mindset that if I build it, they will come. And right. that's just not the reality. Like yeah. if you have to build it, then you have to tell people to come, then you have to give them a reason to stay. Yeah. And you do that time and time and time and time again. Yeah. And I just think that a lot of people, um, they struggle with that in the very beginning. But, and even I think, especially for women who are working a nine to five, who want to go into this lane, you're used to still instant gratification. Like, no, I shouldn't say instant, but it is somewhat of instant gratification. If you just show up to work, typically in a week or two weeks, you will just get paid. Yeah. If you build a business. Yeah. You're not necessarily just going to get paid in a week or yeah. two. And then I think that's um, really probably the biggest thing that I've noticed just broadly is the lack of patience. And we really have to get over this mindset that we're trying to build these get rich quick schemes. Like, I, and that's you, what I'm really trying to- listen, listen, Jerisha, you <laughs> are an incredible speaker. You should speak. Do you speak? You <laughs> speak. I've been dabbling in it. I'm going to, um, Jerisha, no, let me help. Let me just, let me just, <laughs> let me just invent water right now. Look, you should speak and you should preach that message. Cause okay. You are onto something. Yes. That's really what I think. That's what I've noticed. I agree. I would agree. 
And I, I would really dare say, that. sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go no, ahead. I was going to, I just agreed and add on to that lovely, insightful message about <laughs> how sometimes I think school plays into that. And I think as well, um, you know, this phone, this phone tethered living that we have plays yes. into it too. But, you know, sometimes I feel like college in as much as it, it is a benefit and a blessing to go to, we think that things, things matriculate in four month semesters. <laughs> like, you know, you go from A to, to Z in four months. You, you go from A to, to Q in eight weeks. You know, like it just doesn't happen that way. And I love that you said lack of patience sometimes makes or break us because we think that we're consistent when we've been consistent for a week. And it's like, mm, try a year, try, try a year now. <laughs> I think it was years. If you have three not years, yeah. tried for three years, no. Like, and it, it drives me insane when I talk to some of my clients or some of the women who are just getting introduced into my community. Like, Jay, like, I've tried everything. Like, I just don't understand. I don't get what's happening. I'm like, okay, well, what programs or what other resources have you ed- invested in? Oh, girl, all I, you know, do is just uh, get on Google and I read Pinterest articles. I'm like, all right. Stop it. Uh, how long have you been doing this? Like, six weeks. I'm like, girl, you want have not tried everything. <laughs> So online, all you're going to find is you're going to, people are going to explain to you the what, and they're going to explain why. Nobody's yeah. giving the how for free. No. Like, and it just, it's, it's lack of patience. So I think, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Um, yeah. That's the answer. It's totally lack of patience. I think my- that's, that's been probably <laughs> the most insightful answer I've gotten so far in these, in these, rec- these interviews, like lack of patience, really. I think that's a really, really something to bake into whatever message. Cause I know you talk about a lot of different things about the entrepreneurial journey. So that was really on point. So well, thank you. I will have to, you know, see what I can do until I've ever done that more. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now we're entering the rapid fire round or so. Um, seven questions, really short answers. If I, you know, if it's a juicy answer that you give me, then we can unpack it some more, but you know, just five minutes. So number one, if business operations and branding were in a boxing match, in an all-out boxing match, who would you say would win? Operations all day. For real? Yes. Okay. People, can I unbox that a little bit? Yeah, go. I think in business, just like, think of, I like to look at it like a woman, okay? No, well, we get so caught up in like the good weave, the pretty nails, the matte yeah. makeup, the bomb lipstick. Yep. Oh, am I allowed to cuss? <laughs> go be you. Go be you. All that shit comes off at the end of the night. It does. Who is the woman underneath it all? And who is the woman, like, all, all that inner beauty? I mean, you have to take care of your skin. When the spanks come off, the push-up bras come off, the wig comes off, who's operating behind it? And if yeah. that face isn't good, none of this other stuff matters. So I think... I'm telling in- you, Jerisha, I'm telling you, go... <laughs> Be the speaker, like do it. Like I will, I will show up and amen. Like, I know that one person in the audience. I'm, just, I'm, I feel like I want to be led to the altar. You know, I'm just kidding. Oh, so I think operation. Agree. That's my opinion. Okay. Long game, long term. I think branding is very, very critically like it is super important in your business. Yeah. Um, just because of how we are as a society and how we respond based off perception and how things look. But if your operations are not, I mean, th- even look at Nasty Gal. Nasty Gal, are you familiar with Nasty Gal, the no, brand? What's that? No, not at oh all. Oh my God. Well, it's just went bankrupt, but, um, or they just sold for like pennies on pennies to nothing. But the woman who wrote Girl Boss? Yeah. 
So Nasty Gal is an online store. She started it whenever, uh, like, thrifting and going on eBay and selling it. And it grew into, it was the fastest growing online business, like, period. She skyrocketed in sales. Like, it was, it was insane how fast her growth was in this retail space, which is, like, an extremely a hard industry in retail. Right. Um, but the reason why, a huge reason why she failed. Right operations back end was not in order. So who cares? I mean, I shouldn't say who cares. She made a, a shit ton of money and grew this incredible brand, this incredible tribe of women. Like she's going to be fine. Yeah. But nasty girl, you look at that. I, I think um, if her operations was more like tight and she had the right people in place and she had the right processes on the back end in place. Yeah. Her business would still be here. Right. Oh, so wow. I, branding gets you far, but you're not going to be able to effectively scale and grow your business if your operations is not taken care of. Yeah. You know, it's good for us to talk about this, even though this is rapid fire. Sorry. (laughs) No, no, no. It's good. And I purposely put that in there because I think that again, in the millennial generation, we put a lot of emphasis on showmanship, like a lot of emphasis on showmanship. And I think as well, we think that operations is just going to work itself out because we just need to be out there. We need to be in the space. And we also don't want to look unkempt. Like I think, like everyone says, it's almost another trope, but everyone puts their highlight reel on their social media posts. Mm -hmm. So it kind of plays into also in the business space. You know, we have to look so well put together as a business, even to the detriment of our operations not being, you know, tended to. I'd much rather everybody listening to this. I do not want you to have a beautiful, pretty website and you're not making any money. Right. Like, and so many people out here that you think are doing it, killing it, slaying, whatever broke then a mug or just because they're bringing in a hundred thousand dollars a year doesn't mean they're profiting a hundred thousand dollars. Right. Profitability is another thing too. A whole nother thing. So, <laughs> another long-term sustainability, I think it's operations. And For sure. but it's true. So many new entrepreneurs are like, okay, I want to do my logo. I want to do a photo shoot. But it's like, you don't even know who you're serving. You don't even know what you're selling. Having a pretty logo means nothing. Nothing. <laughs> what are you going to do if the client says yes and you get their money? You're going to be looking like, oh crap, I have no processes or systems in place to even like really serve them. Right. It's just operations. Is, Love I it. Think, <laughs> We hit that one out, out the, bo- out the park. Number two, <laughs> number two, you've been given the task of writing the manual on entrepreneurship. What does page one say, according to Jerisha? Oh, gosh. Move the needle. Really? Move the needle. Just keep moving that needle. Okay, I like it. Number Before three. Oh, page two, just, just, move, just get the mindset. You got to move the needle. Yeah, I like it. Number three, the cost of starting up a business has been... You can make it monetary, you can make it emotional, you can make it all multifaceted, that answer. The cost of starting a business? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Priceless. It's been wow. priceless. It's, it's amazing. It's such an amazing roller coaster ride that I would pay time and time again to get back into the amusement part. Like, it's been priceless. I love it. I love that you said that. I love, <laughs> you just spun that question, and I wasn't even expecting that. That's, that's great. <laughs> Number four, great customer service is? Uh, going beyond the expected and providing a high quality experience for your customers time and time and time again. Love it. I love it. <laughs> this is I so should much- pay you for this interview. It's just crazy. I should pay you. <laughs> Stop it. Okay. Number five, your personal philosophy on sales would be? 
serve overselling. Love That's it. it. Serve overselling. Serve, 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 serve. Okay. Number six, Jerisha's business mentor is. God is the first thing that came to mind. Okay. <laughs> That's like literally, am I allowed to say God? You are. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I think it, yeah. Okay. It's, it's a fan above. All right. Number seven, Jerisha's greatest success moment so far has been. My greatest success moment. Only getting a like it birthday cake remix at Cold Stone instead of getting the full gotta have it. Really? I I don't know. I did so many. It's hard to pick one. Well, you know, which one, which one had more sentimental value? Oh, okay. I would definitely say it's a client that comes to mind. Mm -hmm. Uh, She was working in, uh, like banking, like they worked crazy hours, like 16 hours a day. She had a single mom, she had a son and oh gosh, it's, I don't want to cry. Within, we, we, she signed up for one of my eight week programs. Um, it's called Fuck Fixed Income. Mm-hmm. And week two, she quit her job. What? And I was terrified. I'm like, girlfriend, you have a young son. He's like six, seven years old at home. I know that you're want to quit your job i know that you hate your job but like can we make a plan first you're only in week two of the content like we haven't even got to the meat of the stuff yet she was like no i have full faith not only in what like god has brought me to do but i have full faith that what i'm going to learn with you and be able to execute on with you i'll be fine so i had like go about my own beliefs but she has been thriving wow and i think that hands down is probably one of the best. And there's other stories like that with my clients. Um, but being able to support a woman who single mom has a son working crazy hours is not able to like every time she like never saw her kid. Cause when she went wow. to work, you know, her grandmother, or her mom would take him to school. And when she got home, he was typically in bed and she was just really living this life. She was not happy. She was not fulfilled. Um, and being able to thank God I had been on my journey and like going through my life experiences to be able to, and me investing in myself to be in the space, to even have this business to package it and to educate and to support her along that. And now she's a full-time entrepreneur, fully self-sustaining. She's able to pick her son up from school. She's able to like, you know, pay for him to go to soccer. Mm. Like it's, she moved into a new apartment. Like she has a new car. Like it's, I would say that's probably one of the best. Wow. That gives me like that touched me. <laughs> I just think it's, like, it's, we all have this divine purpose and it's selfish of us not to take the time to discover what that is, but even more so like we're, all of us are here for a reason and we need to figure out what that reason is and then go give it to the world. Cause the domino effect of all that greatness and helping somebody else out and helping them figure out their purposes so they can go out and serve. Like it's just, that's probably the best one. Well, one of the best. That is great. What a great story. What a touching story. I that, started with ice cream size. That was, yeah, that, was like, it was too hard of a question. <laughs> did she just say her greatest success moment was cold stone ice cream? I, like, <laughs> I don't believe you. I like, I couldn't pick, but that was, that, it, it was stories like that, but, for that's, sure. That's beautiful. That's really beautiful. Hats <sighs> off to you, sincerely, 
for real, because you not only changed your life to make room for what you're passionate about, you, you just affected the life of two people, you know, like her and her son. And that's amazing. And now what she's able to do in her business and how she's supporting other people, like it's just, it's this amazing ripple effect. Yes, for sure. Here's my last off the cuff question. I just decided I was going to add it. How have you been celebrating your successes? Oh man, every day I, uh, I've been trying to do it daily. Um, before I'm, I used to be really bad at that. Like I said, okay, got one goal. What's the next thing? I never would be present in the moment. So I've been practicing that a lot, just like meditating, journaling, like writing down my wins every single day, writing yeah. down before every single day. So I just have random dance parties. Um, That's cool. Like no matter where I'm at, I can be walking down. Like uh, I remember getting my first like thousand dollar check from a client and I was in the middle of a meeting at work. I Did could not. I... I definitely got up and started like doing a happy dance. And did you dance. really? I did. They were like, what in the hell is wrong with you? But they're like, I'm like, y'all don't understand. Like, you know, and I just kind of jazzed out, but I have like many dance parties. So anything time, anytime anything's going good, it's like, I don't have to wait until Friday to go get drinks with my girlfriends or wait until the like figure out what your thing is. And mine is just, you know, I just do like a little happy dance. I do a body roll. Like I go, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you just, you have to do something like I'm, with, my- you. I'm with you. And I'm glad that you have an answer for that question. Cause I think that <laughs> I think that I find, I'm finding a lot of women in this space. Um, even and it, it kind of can be a little bit tricky and hard, right? Cause we're starting something and we might not have hit the milestone. Like we might hit benchmarks. We might not hit that milestone that makes us feel like I have something worthy of celebrating, but I feel like those benchmarks are just as valid and noteworthy. And if you don't celebrate it, right. This is the point I would have said to you, if you say you were celebrating, I would have like, if you're not celebrating, how can other people celebrate? Like if you're not yeah. celebrating who who's supposed to celebrate, you know? So it's every a success is just a series of small wins. You need to, and I preach that all the time. You need to count every small win just as big as you would count those huge milestones. So love it. Yeah, we're all have fun and just embrace it and like heck, you know, you did that. Yeah, get closer. Love it. So here's my last question for you. I am in the online life coaching space <clears throat> myself, and I am hoping to inspire other millennial young women, like I told you before we started recording, to take quantum leaps in personal change and specifically lifestyle redesign, career change, and business startup. And what I've been finding within the career change and business startup is that lifestyle redesign seems to be sort of like that undergirding component. Mm-hmm. I'm wanting to hear from you is how have you felt like you've had to redesign your life with adding on your plate a business and becoming this entrepreneur? And of course you are creative. You are, I, I mean, from your IG, anybody that's actually following you knows that you're already thinking of other evolutions of how you're going to create. So how have you redesigned your life to create, to sustain yourself really? Yeah, I've been really doing a lot of thinking every day. I pray about this and every day I think about this, but really what does success, learning how to define success for myself. Yeah. Um, that to me has been the biggest thing because I think all of us were so conditioned by what our parents have taught us, what they haven't taught us, right. what society is telling us, what success looks like. And it's, I look at my own situation. It's like, go to school, get a good degree, Same. get a good job, get some good benefits. You know, find a husband, get a dog, two and a half kids, white picket fence. And I don't have like the latter part, but I'm 
26 and it's like I've achieved a lot of what they told me success looks like I mean I'm managing hundreds of millions of dollars every day and I had this amazing career that I loved and really good benefits and good dental and good eye and it's like this can't be it yeah there's no way I can see myself doing this for the next 40 years and nothing changing right Um, so I've been really being intentional on don't think about so much about how much money you want to make but what type of lifestyle do you want to live and right super particular about that like yeah mine's designed like i want to wake up on a tuesday to no alarm with egyptian white cotton sheets and a white down <laughs> comforter this aroma in the room is like lavender mm-hmm. i have some high-rise loft apartment with hardwood floors and floor to ceiling windows yeah panoramic view in my living room you know i have a little mini doodle dog and some fine brother is bringing me in like squashed freshly squeezed orange juice and like a light breakfast with just a little bit of fruit, like figure out what that dream lifestyle is for you. You define success based on your terms and what you want for yourself and then figure out how to go make that happen. That to me has been, I think how I've been able to find and package all this together. It's really been unbecoming and unlearning all the stuff I've been taught all my life. And then reteaching myself and redefining what life and success and like redefining all that for myself. Absolutely. That's That's really cool to hear and really (laughs) to know that you've, you've gone through the internal work to get where you are right now. And I think a lot of people can benefit from hearing that because, you know, it's funny, the business startup is one thing and changing careers another, but the lifestyle redesign is just as much hard work too, but it doesn't have much it doesn't have much, like, uh, how do I say this? There's not a marketing for that, right? Like you people don't know how to monetize your it. Life, huh? Yeah. I said, people don't know how to put a price tag on that. It's hard yeah. to sell that. Yeah. But and it's more important than almost anything else, in my opinion, because you can get another job and still be unfulfilled. You can get a bigger right. business for money and still be unfulfilled. Right. Absolutely. And I, I'm finding with sort of my values that I'm learning to to keep at, at my core is self-care is so paramount, especially mm-hmm. as women. I just, I'm finding like, man, so much of us can work ourselves to the, gr- to the ground and we yes. need to, to some degree in some seasons, but we forget that we are our most precious instrument <laughs> and that we're worthy of care, delicate care, gentle care, you know, the same kind of care we would want a spouse to give us. And so we need to give it to ourselves while we're, while we're working alone. But Jerisha, thank you so very much. This was, <laughs> this was so good. Great. Like this was such a delight. <laughs> I'm just so glad. This was hands down one of my best interviews. This most fun, best questions. Like this was, I can't wait to watch our replay. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. I will definitely let you know when it uh, premieres, so to speak, or when it's published. But before we go, why don't you go ahead and express um, anything that are coming out, any events that you're hosting, any programs that are yet to be dropped, just so that people know that they can go to your blog and what to look for. Yeah, so you can find more about me at jerishahawk.com. Um, I'm on all social media channels at jerishahawk. And I think the one that I'm most excited about that's coming up, um, I'm going to be starting to do like a six-month mastermind, really high intense, because I really want to be able to help women achieve the success that I've got. So yeah. it's going to be six months um, to six figures mastermind. Mm-hmm. We're going to kick off it with some like luxury mansion retreat where we can all come nice. together, develop our you know six-figure strategy, and then support each other over the next six months in making that happen. 
Um, so that's coming up here in just a few months. And then um, Fuck Fixed Income is still going strong, which is yeah. service-based businesses. That's your signature course, right? Or no? Oh, yes. And so I love it. It's amazing how that even came to be. But um, eight-week course that teaches women how to make consistent four-figure months through uh -huh. a service-based business online. Okay. Um, so those, I would say, are probably the, the, the big two. And then if you need that just monthly support on a continuing basis and more of that accountability and support, the Goal Getter Group is there for you um, as a monthly membership. So those are my three big offerings. I would just love to learn more about what you guys are doing. I'd love to hear from you guys. So feel free to reach out, slide in my DMs. And <laughs> At, so <laughs> Wait, last thing because I know that you're doing a webinar aren't you doing a webinar soon yeah so this is like a really a thing that just popped up it's called lunch money um and how to earn money while on your lunch break at work so it's going to be a series just teaching different ways that you can make money within your business yeah and really going through um how the how behind it so you'll get a good framework on um, how to develop your strategy and just different ways that you can integrate. Cause I'm really big on not just having one stream of income, right? None of us should be living off of one stream of income. So how can you diversify that both just in your life in general, outside of your nine to five job? Thank you. Right. I like kind of forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's like this weekend, isn't it? Yeah. It's on Saturday. Yeah, I'm super pumped about it. Awesome. Well, thank you again. I'm going to close out our time right now and we will talk later. That's all for now, friends. If you'd like to get updates on new episodes, articles, products, and coaching services to help you make quantum leaps and personal change, sign up for our newsletter at sheventuresnow.com slash updates.